Thinkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Free Thought Project podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and today we have a very special podcast interview, breaking the mold of our usual over-the-phone interviews. This past weekend, I was invited to a memorial for the late, great John McAfee, hosted by his 2016 and 2020 Libertarian Party presidential candidate, Vice President Judd Weiss. Judd has been a part of the Liberty community for years, originally making his mark as a photographer, photographing some of the biggest and most important names in the movement. I was grateful when Judd accepted my offer to be interviewed about the life and death of John McAfee, as he was his right-hand man during the campaigns and knew him much better than most. However, fair warning, I did this interview at the memorial, so you could actually hear the party music in the background, and at least twice we had people come into the room interrupting the podcast asking where the bathroom is located. You really can't get much more authentic than that. I hope you enjoy. Basically, I was like really fascinated on uh, your take of uh, Mr. McCarthy's death. Um, he made a Facebook post about a week ago yeah. that stated whether um, John... McAfee killed himself in prison or whether he was murdered, it's totally irrelevant. Um, that's the wrong question. The real question is why couldn't our world let this man live? Um, do you yeah. want to maybe expand on that a little bit? I think that's a really profound point. Yeah. Because no matter what, if he was alive right now, he'd be caged for the rest of his days on Earth. What really matters here is the fact that our world couldn't let this man live. He was a beautiful, charming, brilliant charismatic, fun storyteller, adventurer, who was peaceful and generous. Why wasn't he able to live? He, he didn't respect authority that didn't deserve respect. And he was just uncompromising that he's going to live free and he's peaceful. Why is that not okay in our world? That's, that's the real question. Uh, whether he was killed in prison is like whether there's dark forces or there's government abuse I don't respect government anyway, so what the fuck does that even matter? I don't even give a shit. It's not, if, if, if he was killed in prison or if he wasn't killed in prison, it's not going to change my respect for government. And it's not going to answer the real question, why was he in prison? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I think that's a, such a distraction that that's a cause right now, whether there's some conspiracy that he was murdered in prison. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Why was this guy not allowed to live? if we could all focus on that question that's a really important question that's something that could really change things if we focus on that if we focus on whether there's conspiracy here or not that's so irrelevant to the real problem here right that his death shows us no I believe uh, I think that's a a beautiful answer and um, I think people want to naturally sensationalize it you know they want to take it towards the Epstein 
kind of uh, comparison. And, you know, I guess that makes sense. And maybe maybe some people who are on the fence as to whether they still do believe in government or not, maybe that question might be a little bit more relevant okay. as to, you know, like, was there some kind of, you know, um, malicious, some type of premeditated attack on, on, on John? And um, that actually could, you know lead to my well, there was. my next question which was uh, yeah do you suspect like foul play in your opinion i know ultimately that shouldn't be the the main focus as we just mentioned but like do you in your opinion think there could have been well um uh best friends right there Hi, um whether there was foul play all i can say about that is how the fuck would i know i wasn't there so i don't know but but knowing john him getting a wax tattoo, posting that if, he, if he's taken out, it wasn't him, honestly, is very much like him to then do that shit before he's going to take himself out. Right. That's entirely his character. That doesn't mean he did it or didn't. Sure. Who the fuck knows, and I'm not there. Right. Basically, my answer on that. Right, right. But I wouldn't put it past him, because I know this maniac, sure. and he loved to fuck with the media. He loved to create something like that. And... And he probably wouldn't like me saying that because he, because yeah. I'm countering what he intends. But he intends to fuck with the media. Sure. He hates the media. And dude, this this guy was so funny when reporters would come to him into the hotel room. He would take them and bring them into the bathroom and make themselves look at the mirror and say, "If you're gonna ask me questions, you need to ask yourself a lot of questions." And let's go through them right now. <laughs> he would just fuck with reporters he was so inventive about how he would fuck with reporters and in which way he spends all night fantasizing on what next thing he's going to do to fuck with reporters that it's entirely like it to do something like that does that make sense it totally makes sense (laughs) and that was actually going to be one of my questions because um it's been suggested by some that you know he would go down in conspiracy theorist infamy and be forever talked about like epstein so um but no, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, his allure wouldn't want to be kind of known in that sense, um, and you're kind of letting the cat out of the bag, but I think we all kind of suspect that from him anyway, just because he was such a, a troll, a trickster. It doesn't mean he did it. No, it, absolutely. It doesn't mean he did that, but sure. what I do know is that, you know, it sucks that he was going to spend his life, the rest of his life caged, and he just was fighting from being taken back to America, and... It, it, I can totally understand and empathize that that's heartbreaking to know that this is the rest of your future and him say fuck this right so I I I know everything about what he posted and that still doesn't convince me that he didn't do it because of my experience with McAfee personally getting so fucking clever it's the shit that he would say to the media sure that I can imagine him doing that, but but the real answer is, how the fuck would I know? I right. wasn't there. Sure. I think that theory could be applied to Epstein as well, right? Because, I mean, he was like this, you know, billionaire playboy, life of luxury, and all of a sudden he's facing probably, you know, years and years, if not life. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't believe Epstein killed himself. Well, sure, the surrounding <laughs> circumstances... So that, one, that one, actually, I do think is different. That's so fucking fishy. Right. But, I mean, if you if you look at it in that level, it almost seems like, well... It's plausible, but yeah. the surrounding circumstances with the guards falsifying, you know, records with the missing uh, security cam footage—I mean, all these things are red flags to 
people like us, you know, that, you know, people are thinkers. Yeah, um, people who look at the situation analytically. Right, yeah, <laughs> instead of just taking uh, the official story. Um, yeah, that's fishy as hell. Sure. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't there either. And it's possible that Epstein killed himself, but that looks like he didn't. Whereas McAfee, I, I can't... Yeah. I think that that's different. I, I mean, he was so fucking clever at the shit that he would say to reporters. Right. It was so hilarious. And that's coming from, you know, Judd here, who is a very smart and intelligent man. So, you know, it, you got to put yourself around people who are smarter than you. And uh, I think that's what you were doing in that situation. But as far as official stories go, like um, Janice mentioned that uh, she recently put out a statement. I'm sure you saw it, but yeah. she mentioned that John's suicide story was like already pre-prepared for the media. Uh, before her or John's attorneys were notified of his death. I guess she was actually notified through, like, a Twitter DM, which uh, is, like, kind of heartbreaking, you know, like, what? learning about, um, yeah, the passing of your husband. Wow. So, uh, but um, she also mentioned that, I guess, now there's been a suicide note that was found in his pocket um, that wasn't there before mm-hmm. the media got a hold of this story. So, like, you know, obviously, like, does this raise any red flags to you? Like, does this kind of change... The circumstances of like how you think about I mean this as far as I'm concerned all I know is how the fuck would I know yeah it totally could be that that's what appreciate happened appreciate that perspective I, man. I yeah. can't know yeah but but it's if if he was murdered and there's a bunch of fishy things that point to it well then then I I do hope that that comes to light that is worth looking at sure that said I wish we would be focusing on why he was caged, yeah. not whether he was killed while he was caged. Sure, no, that's a good point. I, I really think like why couldn't why couldn't somebody just live free and not hurt anybody? And this guy, this guy lived the philosophy that everybody's preaching, right. and he was just going to do it, and he didn't give a fuck. Right, and he refused to give a fuck. That's a good point because I. I've haven't really heard many detractors or haters, you know, say, well, maybe he should just pay his taxes, you know, and he wouldn't have been in that situation. I, does, I have heard that. You have? Any. Okay. Any. I, maybe we're just not, you know, looking at the same I, I made that, or whatever. I but. made that post on Facebook and, like, I got 700 shares or something, clo- or no, likes, but a bunch of shares, and um, I see comments, well, he should have paid his taxes and he wouldn't have died. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so... Okay. Our, our, sure. our authorities are petty tyrants right. because a bunch of our neighbors are petty tyrants and they're like pay if you want to live right. and that's that's the heart of why I wrote that post and it, obviously it was lost on them and they still like pay if you want to live and, they, and they're, not, they're not willing to consider that right, no that's a good point but it's, that's a very pre- prevalent uh, attitude right now right, yeah very much uh, ingrained into the status cult indoctrination you know it's just that's part of your you know fair share of living in society but the ironic part was is like john wasn't living in the states anymore and uh you know he was in a boat he was in a boat in spain when he actually did a podcast with us in uh, march of 2020 and uh that was really awesome because it was right when the pandemic started i don't even think it was officially a pandemic at that point and getting his take on it you know so early on i mean he was pretty much spot on with about everything except for the death count the death count i think he suggested was going to be like seventy-five thousand or something much much lower but you know up until covid a lot of these scares when it came to like the bird flu or h1n1 i mean sars they all were kind of flukes you know so i think we did have 
uh, a reason to believe that it was going to be just another bullshit, um, potentially like fear mongering, you know, uh, false flag kind of event, or not even false flag, just a, a way to, to push more fear into the media. But uh, no, that was a certainly an interesting um, interview. And anybody who happens to be listening to this podcast now, I highly suggest you go out and, and check that interview out because I don't know if he was joking or not. Maybe you could fill me in. But halfway through the podcast, he asked Janice to get him his heroin. And he <laughs> said that he was uh, shooting up heroin as we were doing the podcast. And so we were kind of caught off guard. And we were thinking, holy shit, like, is he really doing it? And then yeah. after the podcast, we're like, wait, this is like marketing gold. Like, yeah. we could tell everybody that John was shooting up <laughs> heroin on our fucking podcast. Like, you got to listen to this, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. He wouldn't even smoke weed with me. He did drink. He drank okay. a lot. And he drank tequila before debate sometimes. And we were like, don't fucking drink any tequila. Just stick to wine if you're going to debate. Yeah. And that's about it. But <laughs> he wouldn't that. smoke weed. He wouldn't do don't anything else. Trashed, right? Yeah. And he was like right in there to the right. Uh, so he was just... Yeah, no. I, he, was, he would say shit like that. Right. Because he got a huge fucking kick out of it. So that was a troll then. Yeah. Like almost 100% likely. But he's deadpan, so you always believe it. Right. You know, yeah, I mean... We couldn't tell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we were doing straight audio. And we had him watching him, and I still couldn't tell. You know, I couldn't read him. And I, I can feel like I'm pretty good at reading people. But, um, yeah, no. that, that was great. Well, um, I kind of feel like John was, like, the Hunter S. Thompson of our time. You know, like, he was uh, – obviously, there's some differences there. But, like, very much, like, the open-minded, free spirit, like, willing to just go to the extreme, live life on his terms. And mm-hmm. – uh, I don't know, very much like gonzo journalism, which, you know, Hunter Ross Thompson kind of coined, and it's like his, his um, I guess, his, uh, you know, type of strategy for writing or whatever. But um, John had his, his own approach, and especially when it came to, um, you know, talking about anything crypto and doing podcasts or interviews. Um, I'm sure as we're going to see tonight, because I know you put together a little slideshow and whatnot. Um, yeah. But... Uh, what can you say is like one of the most single, most memorable moments with John? <laughs> um, well, there's a few. Yeah, feel free to, to tell all of them, man. We got we got plenty of time. Um, so when I came on, I was I, I had a, a specific vision. I wanted to do something, and well, right here at this house. At the event that I had for him, um, I was asked to do a fundraiser for McAfee, and I hadn't met the guy. I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm a fan of him. He's hilarious. Sure. So he's like, down. I'm, I'll do a fundraiser for McAfee. Sure. I'll host one. And he... Um, I'm doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Give me a little So I... Oh, yeah, yeah. So they were going to do a fundraiser. Asked if I would do it. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm down. And um, as we were talking about it, and I, I, I talked to him about like the state of the Libertarian Party and, and Liberty Universe and some stuff. And then I was talking to him about just, you know, he's kind of savage. And I said, that's good. <laughs> Be savage. But um, maybe more sophisticated savage. So, like, more James Bond, less Sasquatch. <laughs> And he fucking loved it. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And I was saying, like, you know, you're so unique. Don't try uh, to be a politician. Right. Let's do, 
do something artistic and like visionary and outside the bounds and he fucking loved it and I convinced him to do that and then I met him here right here in this house for his fundraiser when I was announced as his running date wow no shit that was that was fucking wild <laughs> no kidding man and I just like quickly jumped on that train right um, and all of a sudden uh, now I know McAfee and now he's like on my case to finish these videos and he's like um, we're, we're, you know I'm, I'm experiencing this guy and the shit that he says and what he does with reporters and and his whole personality. So I had a specific vision. Mm-hmm. He was down for it and he kind of like, kind of just got out of my way. So all of a sudden I was running the campaign. I don't want to step on his toes, but I was, I clearly had something I want to do and he liked it better than what he was doing. So he just kind sure. of let me run with it. Jumped on, yeah. Yeah, and right. I was like, wow, fucking crazy. Right. And so you saw those videos I did and he was like, sure down with it and almost didn't want to say some fucked up shit that kind of counteracted that he liked the image I was creating here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then I, so I never told him to take down anything but I called him one time about this post that he uh, put it on Facebook of him in his underwear with a shotgun next to his wife in her underwear with a shotgun both holding shotguns with a green screen behind them and the caption just said uh, 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 something about change this background right so you can edit it and change this background and repost it something like that so what the fuck is that right right right. and I I didn't tell him to take it down and and he he was telling me when uh, um, when I, I called him about it he says did you see how many likes that got in 24 hours and like and I said, yeah. He's like, that thing is fucking spreading. And I said, that's great. Cool. I'm not even asking you to remove it, but it's been a week. Can you please just unpin it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That was basically all I ever asked him to do on the campaign. Sure. Because, you know, that's not helping us with delegates, and it's looking a little bit like <laughs> that's been up for a week. Right. So, or whatever it was. And so I just asked him to unpin it. Let it let it go down the timeline. Right. <laughs> sure. I love it, man. That's a great story. It gives you an example of McAfee. Right. Now it's genius. And that strategy worked for, I think there was a, a Shia LaBeouf, and who knows if he put it out himself. I, I think he did. I think he did a video in front of a green screen and it like went mega viral. Um, yeah, no, that's great, man. I love that story. I mean, you know, these are things about McAfee. When, when people ask me, what was it like? running with McAfee wasn't that amazing that's why I got on I was like hell yeah I'll fucking run with McAfee that sounds crazy and an awesome story and I have an idea of what to do so I was down but what it really was like was like being airdropped into the Hunger Games (laughs) I was was Uh, not expecting that sure what part got the most hairy like give maybe an example I just once you're running for anything you're in somebody's way of their agenda right and their job now is to fucking knock you out of that sure. aggressively. And I'm like, whoa. I, I told McAfee, listen, this is really serious. Let's run a completely positive campaign. No negative campaigning at all. Right. How naive I was. Mm. I was so ignorant. I had no fucking idea what I was about to step into. Gotcha. Where everyone's hitting you with bats. And what the fuck are you supposed to do? I'm like, fuck, back. dude. No, no, it's, I don't even want to swing. I just like, hey, guys, look at this shit. Right. 
and like all of us and all of a sudden I'm running a negative campaign by trying to show their great candidate is corrupt I'm like no 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 I'm not I'm not trying to do anything negative I'm just showing you this is what's this is the exact thing these are the emails I'm getting I've never been in an environment where people are saying you didn't hear it from me quite that much and there's so much like sabotage traps right and I'm like what the fuck is this and everybody is paranoid conspiracy theorists because it's not a fucking theory there are conspiracies to take you out and you can join those Facebook groups and watch them yourself like sure. it's, it's not even hidden right, right in fact a lot of times it's open character assassination yeah it's I mean, open yeah, yeah it's crazy sure. fucking shit sure Right. I, I was not expecting that I was jumping into that. I was like, I'm just going to do something cool. Right, right. So, yeah, like, what? I mean, I know you just kind of touched on it, but, like, what was that whole experience like? And, like, well, how the hell did you get yourself? Just so somebody within his camp asked you to do a fundraiser for him? Or, like, what was John's, like, thought on this? Like, did he know who you were? Like, did he approve of it? Like, um, I was... I was... I've been for a very long time known throughout the Liberty Universe because of my camera. I'm really good with the camera. Yes, yes, that's how I, yeah. Yeah, you're using my photo of you for a Facebook profile photo. Right. Well, so are 50,000 other people. Sure. It's crazy. There's like 50,000 other profile photos out there and then hundreds of thousands of my photos where people are tagged in. and and You have a wonderful eye for photography. it's, It's, so, because I went to these events and I was trying to make these nerds look cooler, one nerd at a time. <laughs> and they used it to be on their Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, author bios, book jackets, and Tinder. A bunch of these nerds got right swipes all of a sudden. Right. And like that's that's beautiful. I really <laughs> I really love that. And so because I had my name on everyone's profile photo, it was like I was bringing some credibility into the scene and I know everybody so his campaign manager I already knew the guy the guys that were anybody working with McAfee in the Libertarian Party I already knew them and they they knew me and they said Judd would you host a fundraiser and I was like fuck yeah Uh, okay gotcha no that's just a perfect example of how we could all bring our different talents and skills to the table to help promote liberty um, so yeah, it's a beautiful story, man. That's how I got the gig with my camera, oh, because shit. my photos were on everybody's profile photo. It right. brought him cre- cre- credibility, right? Yeah, he kind of just came into the LP, Libertarian Party. I got in. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you got in what? I got into the whole scene probably around 2012 or so, and yeah, I just remember seeing your pictures everywhere as well. Like I didn't really know who you were. I started seeing you in some of the pictures, but I just saw your pictures and your name. I was like, fuck, this guy is like everywhere, like you yeah, said. I was everywhere. And uh, yeah, man, they're all great pictures. I remember Tucker, Molyneux. I mean, you had like a bunch of like iconic pictures of those guys. And, yeah. and a lot of just, you know, the um, you know Mises Circle and, and well-known libertarians. But uh, that makes a lot, a lot of sense, I man. Crossed, like all seventeen warring factions of the liberty movement, right? <laughs> yeah. like, because I'm just sure. bringing gifts. Well, you're prepared for the Hunger Games, then. I mean, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the liberty movement. Different world. It's not the libertarian sure. party. The libertarian right. party yeah. is where libertarians go to become the monsters they hate. Sure. Because now they're being political. Speaking of which, like, what are your thoughts on the Mises Caucus? Like, are you on board? I mean, I would not imagine. At all. I'm not on, I'm not on board with anything regarding the Libertarian Party. At, okay. It's a toxic shithole. Okay. I want nothing to do with it. Gotcha. I mean, do, do you feel like maybe they're trying to move the yardstick in the right direction? At no, least, no, not at all. It's not, no, not I, I think that 
it's not that it's not possible. It's that the problem with the Libertarian Party is that it's a cage match arena for people to fight with each other yes. over positions of no power. Mm. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And so the Mises Caucus is going to fix the Libertarian Party by starting a lot more wars and a lot more fighting. And I'm like, it's, it's not the Mises Caucus. It's not any other part of the Libertarian Party. It's the le legal framework for any political party has to become exactly this mess. Because once you have an election for something meaningless, well, somebody's got to fight for it, so now you're just creating fights. Whether it's an election for internal office or one of the, um, one of the external offices within the party. Gotcha. You're just going to set up a framework of fighting. So what I want you to imagine is this. The Libertarian Party is a small, minute minutia of the Liberty Movement. The Liberty Movement is vast. The Libertarian Party is like whatever, those thousand guys that show up the, the, the convention, you know? And, yeah. and those are like... Those, those guys are so insignificant to the larger movement. But imagine if all of the organizations in the movement that disagree with each other, suddenly you said every organization is gone and we are all going to vote on which organization represents all of us. Can you imagine the fight that would happen in the vast liberty movement? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what's going on in the Libertarian Party. They all have to fight over who represents the, the other people that do not see it exactly their way. And so there's no hope but to just be a toxic mess. And the uh, Mises Caucus just jumped into that and decided to escalate it. I don't see anything positive about that at all. It's not about the ideas that they're saying. It's about entirely about the approach. And they're right. The only way to succeed there is to fight. But that's why I won't step into that den of wolves and gotcha. beasts. Right. I don't want to be one of those. Right. No, it's an interesting perspective, man. It reminds me of that meme of like the two lobsters fighting, you know, and like the guys above them with like the money they're betting on them. And it's all like the captions for each of them are like libertarian, 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 because there is so much unnecessary infighting. And I guess that's what happens when you get people who are intellectuals or at least think of themselves as intellectuals who all kind of have like their own idea of what the best direction for liberty is or could be. And, uh, it gets messy, man. So I appreciate that perspective. I appreciate you. I told uh, Tom Woods on his show that I actually finally found the value of the Libertarian Party. Did you hear that? I didn't know. I actually think, you know, I used to think it was like really toxic, and it is. And I would say that useless would be an improvement, and that's true. Yeah, sure. You know, because right now it's actively just harmful. They're not actually, they've never achieved anything ever. But I found the value of the Libertarian Party. It's a convenient quarantine pen for the most toxic elements in the Liberty universe. Because <laughs> it's a dog kennel. You can't have rabid dogs loose fighting, biting everybody. So like, let them have a chew toy, and the chew toy is each other, and it keeps them busy. And so it's kind of like a positive place to put them. Here, you could think you're doing something political. You can play your role-playing game that, if you guys want to LARP, you can do that live action role play but sure, with right. actual like emotional impact right. cool but you're not achieving anything for the for the cause there's nothing that fighting with other libertarians is doing to do great outreach or actually move the needle forward sure no that's a, that's a brilliant point man you're very well spoken articulate um you know yeah, i appreciate that perspective i guess 
it's easy to kind of jump on board and support, you know, people, especially in the liberty movement. That's kind of my approach. Like, I'm not trying to put down anyone. I'm not trying to fling mud. Like, I feel like the multi-prong approach is the best approach. Um, however, I could I could take some, you know, value from what you just said. I mean, that you makes know, a lot of sense. You know, when we were running, I even told McAfee, I'm probably not going to be on message with you, but I support you. <laughs> and he, he was cool with that. Can I, can I ask really quick, like, yeah. what do you identify as? Are you, do you identify as, like, a like free market anarchist, or are you, like, more of a libertarian? Or well, so, you know, between? on that note, like, I, I was, if it's, my problem is not with the ideas that Gary is saying. I disagree with Gary Johnson on so many things, mm-hmm. and I'm happy still to live in Garyland, which is a big improvement over where we live now. I'll take it. My issue wasn't about his vision for Garyland. Mm-hmm. My problem was that he was boring and uninteresting and just Very much kind so. of not doing anything but say he's got some sort of credential and bringing literally nothing else to the table. If he was a former governor and he was interesting, cool, but yeah. he wasn't. McAfee was interesting and dynamic and sure. bold and cool and McAfee just let me do what the fuck I want and I was like cool and we're not going to always be on message but I completely support you man they're like I love I love what you're doing and I'm going to I'm behind you 100% my job was to reimagine the savage as an art piece I think that's what I did that's a brilliant way of putting it Um, but you know as far as I'm concerned uh, I consider all the I'll work with people that I disagree 98% on in that 2% area where we do agree happily anytime so with people that I agree 99.95% with and we have a disagreement on something I'm not I'm happy to work in that vast region of stuff that that works so where I identify I'm I am a hardcore libertarian who believes in the philosophy to the extreme let life live um, I consider whether we're talking about minarchism or anarchism irrelevant. That's a means to the end. The end is liberty. So if anarchy leads to greater liberty, then that should be the, the system that we support. If anarchy leads to less liberty in some possible way, then it needs to be questioned. So, but, but it's a means to the end. Whichever, whichever achieves the goal of I am free to live my life, we are all free, we are unleashed, we can reach our higher potential. Um, whichever uh, method to reach that, I support it 100%. And I would like to believe that it's anarchy. I, don't, I would say that I'm agnostic on anarchy. Mm-hmm. I'm not an anarchist that's gung-ho, I don't have an anarchy tat. I'm not preaching anarchy. But... I'm open to it. I would like that to work. Sure. I have my misgivings that I'm concerned about theoretically mm-hmm. that that anarchy could lead to a loss of freedom in, in some ways with uh, gang lords, warlords. Uh, I think that essentially we need a safe space, mm-hmm. and that's a trigger word. We need a, an area <laughs> right. that we can be literally safe from physical harm. Right. And if it takes a limited government to do that, then and that's the only way to create that space, then okay, if, you, if, if in their anarchy there is no space to live in liberty because it's just being taken over by like violent assholes, yeah. then I can't support that. Sure. But I would love for anarchy to work. 
Right, right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And uh, I think sometimes we get caught up so much in the theory a lot of, a lot of these things, you know, what a free society could look like in theory that you almost forget about some of the pragmatic elements of it and, yeah, what could possibly break down. And I think that's great, man, because I know you have surrounded yourself with a lot of anarchists and caps, agorists, yeah. and to yeah. still have that peace of mind to look at it objectively and be like, well, there could still be some plot holes here that we need to... I even got... I was on Anarchast with Jeff Berwick, mm-hmm. and I got him to say on his show, well, yeah, if anarchy leads to less liberty, then I'm not for it. I'm like, sure. whoa! Right. On Anarchast, right. he just said he wouldn't be for anarchy. That's a good one. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I'm, But that's my vibe. Like, I want that to work right. because... Obviously, with minimal government, you're going to have some minimal amount of corruption, abuse, sure. waste. Right. And I don't want any abuse, waste, or fraud, or corruption. Right. But if that gets us, if, if some minimal tolerable amount, and increasingly less, gets us a space where we can actually exist as free people, sure. then maybe that is, that's accurate. But we're talking about not... Our, our society of, of extreme government interference in our lives. Right. And I think it's also important to, to notice, recognize, we're probably not going to go from like A to Z, like overnight. So it's not going to just be like, you know, we have statism at its full capacity now, and then tomorrow there's going to be anarchism, and it's going to be rough, that transition, you know. So there, there yeah. could be warlords. And, and, and what you it, know what, man? Like if we have, uh, we have limited governments and people are like trying to do anarchist Experiments. I, I completely support right. that. Sure. And the the Seasteading Institute wants to go like set up cities on the water, with and then you can just move to different areas. I hope that happens, and I hope they're not controlled by pirates. Sure. If they're under the control of pirates, then I'll say, okay, fuck that liberty. Yeah. Uh, Opt success. it out, guys. <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I guess my point is like. Hopefully, it's something that we grow into in the sense that we embrace agorism a little bit more. We build a new society in the sense that we just realize that government's antiquated. We evolve past it, you know, and yeah. in that transition, hopefully, it'd be a little more peaceful rather than going from A to Z. And then, yeah, hopefully, you know, we wouldn't have to be battling wars, warlords and whatnot. But um, I do think we are evolving past this in so many ways. The, my allow me to say one thing I did love about Trump is that he completely disgraced the view of the presidency in the eyes of so many right and that is such a positive thing because I can't and you know what Joe Biden's continuing that like people look at this like a fucking joke and the more that we can do that I mean McAfee totally would have done that Bush too was no you know genius really when he got in front of the mic but I think you're right. The decline of like the reverence for this. Yeah, yeah. So you know, right. I think the that that's happening. The the fact the speed at which we're ending the drug war is really shocking. Sure. That's amazing. Yeah. And I just think people are looking less to government, while there is a counter a trend that's actually really powerful and loud of seeking more government involvement. Yeah, right. Yeah, especially from uh, our friends on the left. Probably exclusively. Well, not exclusively because the right wants them too. But yeah, no, you're right, man. And that's, you know, what always confuses me is that we we have our friends over here on the left who know that the like, government's corrupt, but they're saying, no, we need to still raise taxes. And like, we need to expand government. 
have our friends on the right who, um, you know, worship a politician. You know, well, they recognize the government's corrupt too. They're like, what's the solution? Well, we'll worship a politician and we'll pledge allegiance to it. Like that'll help things, you know. And I guess we're stuck in a lot of our our traditions and indoctrination, lifelong well, indoctrination. <laughs> of course, of but course. I do think things are evolving. I, every four years, uh, more old people are passed away. And we're like yes. moving towards yeah. legalization that way because the younger generation doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But the problem is, I, I went through cannabis legalization in California, and um, that was a complete fucking nightmare. That wasn't legalization. Right. So. And the taxes. Oh, hey. Hey. Yeah, right in there. Oh, sorry, guys. No problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, just the taxes alone in the state of California for um, any type of legal weed, or it's, it's through the roof, you know, it's, it's insane. And you know, it's not just the taxes, it's the regulations, and sure. it's the it, uh, restricted licensing, and very few people are getting a permission slip to be, and then once they do, they've just got permission, a very expensive, time-consuming permission slip to be handcuffed and bled. And, like, that is not legalization. Sure. And one thing else I always kind of mention to people who pulled out, card out as like, you know, the left doing something to, to bring liberty into our lives. Well, I mean, that's kind of just breaking even, right? Because a, a plan was never made illegal in the first place, then we would have never had to fight right. that war. In fact, it's the activists that fucked up cannabis legalization. Hardcore is the legalization activists who don't know jack about running a business, about anything about industries. They're just saying, well, there can be no, now LA just announced there can be no um, uh, dispensaries open by people who are not social equity applicants until 2025. So what you have is the whole industry is, the goal is we're going to help a certain community. And they say, we, we have the ability to make this industry our way. Those are their words. And everybody starts clapping on the stage. And I'm like, fuck, dude, these activists are so ignorant. So they fucked up everything. Their intention was to, to boost a certain specific community. Sure. But the result was fraud. The entire industry is based off fraud. These social equity applicants who have felony records and are a minority, no one wants to invest in them because they have no business running a business, literally no possibility of raising any money. But they're, they're signing contracts where where a business uses their application, gives them 51%, and then they sign back that equity several years later, right at the front, mm -hmm. and they were just a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so some social equity people were able to like mooch off a business that wanted to start, but those businesses, now it's only the people that can pay those guys off that can get in. So the entire industry started on fraud because of the activists and their agenda. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, and that's pretty disappointing i didn't realize that the depths of corruption had sank that low into yeah, no option cannabis legalization and uh yeah taking advantage of it and giving certain opportunities to certain demographics and communities i mean even if it is in good intention it's always gonna be manipulated and corrupted to a certain degree but judd i totally love having your attention here i know Thank you're you, hosting um, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is there any um last words you would like to say about the late great Mr. McAfee um, uh, yeah man I, I really love the guy um, because he, he trusted me in ways that I couldn't have expected or 
at all asked for. He was super generous with me, and he was a hero of mine. He was an inspiration to me. I told him when uh, when we started that I hope one day, maybe I could be half as crazy as him. <laughs> one day, I, love I hope. <laughs> and uh, but if I don't achieve that, I'll still be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and what an inspiration this guy was. Yeah, absolutely. uncompromising, free human. And that's the way he's going to live. And what's sad is that such an uncompromising, free spirit has no choice but but to end their crazy, adventurous life story, but hung in a prison cell. And that's our real question. I hope people can ask: Why is that the only result for uncompromising, free human today? It's a great question to leave this off on, and uh, certainly a tragedy indeed. Um, yeah, man, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more tonight, but I appreciate uh, the time. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Yeah, appreciate man. it. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs>